0: If you have your Bibles with you, if you could turn your attention to the screens, we're gonna look at a very short story in the book of Luke, chapter first, chapter fifteen. And we're gonna start at verse eight. It's gonna end at verse ten. Chapter Luke 15, 8 through 10. It says, Either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle, and sweep the house, and seek diligently till she find it. And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. The title of my message this morning is Lost or Hiding lost or hiding king jesus you're a healing god a righteous god a holy god so thankful lord god that through the busyness of this world the darkness of this world that we have a place that we have a sanctuary that we can come in and feel your your love and protection lord god I believe you have a word for this church, that you have a word for someone in this place. So I pray for the next few moments. Let every word that comes out of my mouth from the sacred desk be completely from you and only you, O Lord God. Not by my flesh, but by your spirit and your might, Lord God. Speak to us, challenge us, change us, draw us closer to you, O Lord God. In this end time revival, Lord God, use this church to walk in the miraculous, to march in spirit and truth. We love you, Lord, and Jesus, precious holy name we pray and everyone said amen. You may be seated. Praise God. Losing things just might be the most annoying thing on the planet. Amen. Every morning, I kid you not, I could never find my keys. And every evening, I could never find my glasses. What's probably more annoying is that for my wife, hearing me complain about it, it's probably a little bit more annoying for her. What I don't understand though, is she always seems to know where everything is. So my philosophy is is that she hides things on purpose, just to mess with me. Or, as she likes to say, I have man eyes. All the ladies say amen. And some of us have some pretty funny stories about how we've lost things. There's one instance where this one uh, father couldn't find his keys one morning. Anyone can relate, he searched for days and days and before long he had to go and recopy all of his car keys, his work keys, his house keys, only two years later to find them in his son's toy car in the basement. My beautiful, amazing son is at the age of where he likes to take things. And so I find my ear pods and my wife's wedding ring and and cash. The most he's taken is a $50 bill. Scrunched up in some of his action figures. It could be quite frustrating, to say the least. Then there's a story of an Austrian fisherman that happened to drop his wallet in the lake almost 20 years ago. Well, this past spring, he happened to catch it in one of his fish nets. Oh. That screen is massive. <laughs> Bless God. At a moment, I'd, usually I see if the picture's on the screen, and I look to my right, and for some mo- I thought that there would be a little screen over there and I turned around, that's fantastic. Amen, thankful what the Lord provides. Only thing is I did ask productions in the back to not zero in on some of the blackheads on my nose. We're probably gonna ask the board if we could have some type of a powder room uh, to where we could make sure all of our blemishes are hidden. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. The Holy Ghost is real and powerful. And there's one time a woman lost her wedding ring back in 1995, and then last fall she found it, or last summer she found it, while picking carrots in her garden. Lost and found. And there's the amazing story back in 2011 of a miniature schnauzer named Razzle who wandered into the Arkansas wilderness and was never to be seen again. The dog's family had no idea what happened to him until they got a phone call this past January that Razzle was found by an animal control officer over 1,900 miles away in California. The 16-year-old pup has now been reunited with his family. was the story of the tragic plane crash that happened back in 1971 where 17 well then 17 year old Julianne Kopecki was sucked out of an airplane after it was struck by a bolt of lightning she fell two miles to the ground strapped to her seat and survived being lost in the Amazon jungle for nearly 10 days before being found that's a lost and found story I'm not sure what's worse being thrown from a plane or being lost in an Amazon jungle for 10 days, Uh, snakes, I'd stick with the plane. But to be honest, to be lost is a dreadful thing. Most of us are unsettled by the slightest threat of it. Three times in my life, I recall being lost. I believe I was three years old and I remember it like it was yesterday. I was in some type of, we didn't have Walmarts back then. I believe it was known as the Kmart. We were in a Kmart and I thought it would be really funny. So I hit on my mother while she was shopping in the clothes. And then when I came out, I could not find her. I remember it freaked me out. Well, it freaked out my mom because she was on the other side of the Kmart. And uh, I probably remember this because I'm pretty sure she beat me pretty badly because I never hit on my mother again after that. But I remember it terrified me. How many little children like to do that? One of them in here, his name is Lincoln. Drives me crazy. Bless his heart. And then I was eight years old. I went to a neighborhood a little farther away than I should have, hanging out with my friends. I was on my bike, and I turned the wrong corner, went to this other neighborhood. Then all of a sudden, I opened up, just kind of looked around, and nothing was familiar. And so then I went down another neighborhood, and then another neighborhood, and I remember crying and freaking out and being like, Oh, no. Oh, no. My mom's probably going to find me and beat me once the police find me. And then I turned the corner, and there was the main street, and I was okay. And the last time I was lost, I was 15 years old. It was really late. I was doing some things I probably should have been doing, and I fell asleep on one of our buses. And I woke up about two hours later on the other side of the city with a bus driver poking my shoulder saying, this is the last stop. Thankfully, there was one more bus that brought me to the other side of town, with my trusty bus transfer, in the good old city days. But that, those were moments that completely freaked me out. There's a fear of being lost. It's hardwired in the human brain, as perhaps as instinctual as our fear of snakes or heights. The fear has always run deep in the culture. In our culture, especially with children who are lost in the woods, was always a common theme in modern fairy tales and even in ancient mythology. Usually in fiction, there are, there's some kind of redemption of being lost. Romulus and Remus are saved by uh, the she-wolf. Snow White is rescued by dwarfs, and, and even Hansel and Gretel facing certain doom, and the gingerbread house find their way home through the lost forest. Reality is often grimmer. During the 18th and 19th centuries, getting lost was one of the most common causes of death among children of European settlers in the North American wilderness. In the age of GPSs, we we, we forget how easy it can be to get disoriented, and we are often fooled into thinking we know the world around us. Lost is a cognitive state. Your internal map has become detached from the external world and nothing in your spatial memory matches what you see. Not only are you stricken with fear, but you you also lose your ability to reason. You suffer from what neuroscientists call a hostile takeover of the consciousness by emotion. They fail to notice landmarks or fail to remember them. They lose track of how far they've traveled and, and being lost is a scary thing. In fact, I went mudding yesterday with, with two brothers and there's one part, we were getting into some trails and all of a sudden the driver of the Jeep, brother Quinn looked at me and said, do you recognize any of this? And I said, nope. They looked behind at brother Aaron and do you recognize any of this? He said, nope. At that moment, just that moment, I was like, boy, oh boy, I'm gonna die in Sullivan, Missouri. A few seconds later, we were fine. But everything looks the same. You go deeper in the woods. You go deeper in the forest. You go deeper along the trails. You can't tell which is which. Lost can be petrifying. Some of us, some of us can even get lost mentally and emotionally due to circumstances that were out of our control. Certain situations, hurts and pains and sufferings cause us to to lose who we are, cause us to lose focus and and lose sight of our our purpose. Whether it be a financial situation or a family situation, certain things take place and all of a sudden we wonder, what are we going to do? And in in the age of, of pandemics and when it looked like it was just about to be over, then all of a sudden the certain Delta variant comes out of the ashes why do, they, why do they have to call it the Delta variant? Why do they have to make it sound so I don't know if there's any sign? The Delta variant. Does it sound terrifying? The Delta variant. Just say another stream or 2.0, but the Delta variant is coming. It gets terrifying. And so you think, well, this pandemic is going to be over. Then all of a sudden there's they're starting to want to do more lockdowns, do more masks and and, and different uh, vaccine passports and all this different stuff. And so all of a sudden, conspiracy theorists and everything's going on. It's just like, ah, there's a hopelessness. I can't imagine what it's going to look like over these next few years with our children and our teenagers literally being locked up for almost a year, not being able to go to school, not being able to go to church. We're beginning to see the ramifications of it. We see that in the last 18 months before the pandemic, that Statistically speaking, suicides amongst teenagers and young adults was beginning to go down. But now that we're at the what looks to be somewhat of the tail end of we hope this pandemic, now suicides are on the rise. There's a hopelessness, there's a consciousness where we feel so lost. There's a side note, of course, we know that there's two situations of suicide that have taken place over the last little while that affected some of our church family members, the young people that have taken their lives. I will stop and say this for a moment. It is okay to talk about suicide with your children. It's okay to talk about suicide with your teenagers, with your young adults. There is there's this lie where we think let's not talk about this because we don't wanna put the thought in our young people's minds. That is, that is a folly, that is false. I think it is so important that we sit down and we have these discussions on a regular basis. Suicidal ideations are real and I don't wanna take a chance on our children on our family members, on our young adults, on our marriage people. On our, let's have the conversation. Let's sit down. If you're having suicidal thoughts, there is hope. There is peace, and we can work at this together. That's just a side note, but it's okay to have these deep conversations. And some of our families, we need to have these conversations. We need to get a little deeper because well, the world that we live in is a little darker. And of course, being spiritually lost is the darkest of them all. But thankfully, we serve a God who takes seriously the state of the lost. For Luke 19.10, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Are you thankful that Jesus Christ absolutely loves the lost? He loves the hopeless. He loves the hurting. He doesn't love the fact that you're hurting, but he loves the fact that he could be here to absorb that lost and that pain and that suffering. And Luke chapter 15, which many have nicknamed the lost and found chapter, where Jesus uses a set of three short yet profound parables to help illustrate the power of salvation. It all starts with the Pharisees, of course, complaining that to Jesus that he he's always hanging out with the tax collectors and, and sinners. And, and really, what the Pharisees were saying is, how come you're not hanging out with us? I think honestly, I think they wanted to hang out with Jesus. Jesus was a pretty cool rabbi. He said pretty profound things. I think he would have fit well with the Pharisees. Well, I think the Pharisees could. I think the Pharisees wanted to hang out with him. This guy's pretty cool. This guy's kind of crazy. But no, he didn't want to spend any time with the Pharisees. He didn't want anything to do with them. He wanted to hang out with the tax collectors, with sinners, with, 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 with shepherds, with with women, with individuals that the Pharisees looked down on, socioeconomic statuses, social statuses that were deemed low. That's who Jesus wanted to hang out with. But the Pharisees were saying, you should hang out with us because in this society we have value. Those people don't have value. Jesus disregarded them. So they were upset. So, of course, they challenged Jesus. And, you know, if you were holy, if you were truly holy, Jesus, then you'd start hanging out with us righteous people. God forbid that ever happened in the church, amen? Jesus, the master storyteller that he is, takes this opportunity to help his accusers and listeners learn more about the kingdom of God. And even today, thousands of years later, he invites us into these stories and and roots us into a place where we can gain the perspective about how God sees people. He goes on to illustrate three now, of course, very popular stories most of us are quite familiar with, known as the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. Well, Jesus begins his second parable by narrating a story of a woman who realizes that one of her ten silver coins had gone missing. Look at these precious little girls taking notes. Now, these ten silver, goldish coins are very important and very powerful, okay? I'll talk about them in a minute. They're very real. No, they're plastic. Sister Elizabeth, let me borrow them, but... They just asked if it was chocolate. It is not chocolate. I impacted them if they remember anything from my lesson at VBS. Just throw chocolate money at children. They will come to the altar. It's a powerful thing. This lady had lost, she had had originally 10 coins. I want to make sure there's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. How many coins did she have? Very good. Very good. Now, some historians regard the lost coin that was perhaps part of her dowry. It was customary for a woman to receive 10 silver coins as a wedding gift from their groom. They wore this special piece of jewelry, sometimes as a necklace or a a headband like ornament. It would have been like the modern version of a, a wedding ring. And then others. Regard the story. Other historians would interpret that the woman was somewhat of a poor peasant and the ten silver coins were the equivalent to ten days' wages, likely representing the family savings. So a lost coin would mean an entire day's wage. That's kind of freaky. Is there any, uh, any uh, ladies in the house or even men? For Any of you guys ever lost your wedding ring and you freaked out? Raise your hand. You lost your wedding ring. It wasn't too long ago I had my, my wedding ring on me, and I was throwing a bunch of stuff in the dumpster, and all of a sudden I looked down, that wedding ring's gone. I freaked out, so you know what I did? I mean, I love my wife. So I just, I jumped in that trash bin. I, I smell like trash, I'm rooting all over the place. Then I happened to look at my, it was in my back pocket. Yeah. Yeah, it happens. Or how many of you kids, young people, you were given an allowance, then all of a sudden, where's my allowance? I can't find it. It'd be like, imagine coming home and putting the paycheck on the counter and going to do something. and all of a sudden you come back and that paycheck is cash and it's gone. What are you gonna be? You're you're gonna be absolutely freaking out. So at this point, that coin being gone, it's lost, don't touch, it's lost. So right away, so she's, she's hanging out and she's looking down. She goes, one, two, three, four, five, six, nine. Well, what, what am I going to do? So she, she's like Paul in the dumpster. What is that? I need to find my coin. And so what does she do? So she runs to her closet, gets the broom, and right away, she starts surging frantically, frantic. Where is it? Where could it be? Now back in those days, they didn't have these pretty nice hardwood floors or, or, or nice carpets that some of you guys have at home. Often a lot of these buildings were made of stone and rocks. So there was little ridges, little tiny holes. So she had to get down and, and she's, she's sweeping and she's looking and she's trying so hard and she's freaking out and she's like, where could this be? And then all of a sudden what happens? There's no electricity back then. The sun begins to set and it gets absolutely dark. Pitch black. Well now what am I gonna do? So she has to run, get some, expes- some expensive oil, a lantern. And then all of a sudden she's gotta go look around. Where Where could it be? So she's fresh. She's on her hands and knees. She's got her broom. She's looking all over the place. Where could they be? Where could it be? Oh, no. How am I going to pay this? My husband's going to get upset looking everywhere. And then all of a sudden, I think there's just a little bit of a glimmer, a little bit of reflection from the lantern. And there it is. And she finds her wage. And I can just see her she starts freaking out like, yes, there it is. I got it. Maybe back then she did one of those, yes. That's right. And she just uses her, her football man voice. It's like, yes. It just starts going crazy. Probably not. So what does she do? She runs neighbors, friends, family. Come here. There was so much excitement. She's like, I, I, I found it. I don't, I don't have to worry anymore. And there's this celebration. And there's just, this craziness. You guys it's so good. You guys get a coin. Each of you get a coin. Elizabeth, you can take it out of my paycheck. You guys did so good. Take that to the store and try your best. It was awesome. You guys did good. And so, the rejoicing. And then Jesus puts on the incredible illustration, and he compares it to all of heaven, of angels, angelic figures, rejoicing giving God all the praise and all the glory and excitement that someone who was lost can be found, that they are saved and there is hope. That's why there's no theatrics. When we baptize someone in Jesus' name and they come out of the water, this church goes, yes. When someone is filled with the Holy Ghost in our altars... Or an unrepentant sinner comes, there's an excitement. There's no, there's no theatrics. We we are just excited. I can only imagine the day my little boy and girl get the Holy Ghost at a VBS or or at a, at a camp or or maybe even this morning and just ah yes, there's just so much excitement. The coin was valuable. The coin had. There was just, you couldn't trade it. And the beautiful perspective that Jesus shows us is that we are valuable. That you and I, we have value. No matter what we lost. No matter what circumstance hit us or an action or something that we did that, that we, we perhaps are ashamed of of our past. God tells us when we repent of our sins, when we move forward, no matter what our past looks like, whether that would have been Saturday nights, but when we turn and go towards God, there is a celebration in heaven where my child has come home. My child has come home. See, in the same way God is happy when sinners repent, in contrast to the religious leaders who complained when the tax collectors and sinners drew near to Jesus to hear him. Jesus was letting everyone know in his ministry, you matter, that you have value, pastor, that you are wheat, that you are special. I will never stop telling you my church family I'll never stop telling my own family when I look at my beautiful children I say you are special you are beautiful you are amazing because that is what you are even when my children do something wrong they drive me crazy but I love them so much and I care for them if we can look through the eyes of God to see how he loves us but a major part of the illustration that many of us miss here is that not only that something was lost, but it was lost in a home. It was lost in a safe environment. The value of the story of the lost sheep is that though the sheep did not mean to, it had wandered away, and the shepherd had to leave the 99 to go out and find it. But in this case, the valued possession, the coin, was lost at home where you would not expect things to get lost. This coin did not wander off. It was placed in apparent safety. And unlike the sheep that was lost in the wilderness, the coin was lost in the house. And too often we refer to the lost as outside of the house. We think of... Backsliders. We think of prodigals. We think of those who have fallen away from God to be outside of the house of God. But I wonder this morning could the coin represent those who are lost in their trespasses and sins and have no sense of their condition in the house of God? Could the coin represent those who are estranged from God and know it not? Could the coin represent those who are in danger and unaware? and therefore unconcerned of their spiritual condition. People are lost not only in this world, but can also be lost in a good home and in a good church. Even in a good, safe environment, people can be lost. So I want you to ask yourself for a moment, whether you're a child, a young person, a young adult, an older adult, an elder if you were to sit in this chair and analyze yourself, am I lost? Am I truly giving my all to Christ? Have I allowed some of the activities of my lifestyle blind me from realizing that I'm just as far away as those that are outside of these four walls? And I don't want to sound harsh here today, but I think it's so important for us to realize and do a self-analysis of, of who we are and what we are doing. Because we are living in an age where we cannot pretend to have church any longer. As a father, as a husband, I'm living in an age where I cannot pretend to be a good man. Pretending only gets you so far. But the truth is, is I don't believe anyone gets lost on purpose. No one's like, you know, it'd be great, I'm gonna go in the woods and get lost, starve and die. Nobody says that. Could it be that some who get lost perhaps went into hiding first? A few years ago, Ikea banned the game of hide-and-seek in their stores due to children getting injured or giving them access to child predators. Did a little research, and a surprising amount of 911 emergency calls are made every year due to injury, disappearance, and death of children playing hide-and-seek outside. Google it, my children are never playing hide-and-seek in my neighborhood ever again. The truth is, these kids are having fun. They don't mean to fall into danger. They're just taking a break from real life. Kids are going to play hide-and-seek. That's fine. Let them go play. Let them have a good time. School is hard. Parents are grumpy. Go hang out for a little bit. But then we don't understand the dangers that take place when we go into hiding. And I wonder how many of us play hide-and-seek in the church. I'm just gonna take a break for a little bit. I'm gonna sit on the sidelines for some me time. I need to take a sabbatical from being a part of of the church. You know, the altar call—it's just not for me today. Then days turn to months, and months turn to years, and before long, I'll go to the altar when when the mask mandate's over. I'll go to the altar when uh, there's a vaccine. I'll go to the altar. This, that. I'll come to church. This, that. And before long, months turn to years, and we're so far away. We've been hiding, and we have absolutely no idea. Now, folks. A side note: It is okay. I know Sister Hoff wouldn't like this, but maybe you're burned out, and you want to take a break from the choir for a week or two, or a day. That's great. Well. Maybe we should go teach Sunday school, or maybe I'm going to take a break from this because I'm feeling real burnt out. We'll find a way to stay connected within the confines of the congregation. But we we play this hide-and-seek game, and we hide. And oftentimes it happens when things aren't going well in our lives. Maybe our marriage isn't doing very well. Or maybe there's a financial situation that's taken place and depressive symptoms are beating us up a little bit and we don't feel the energy and so we think, you know what? uh, That energy turns, I'm not worthy to be involved or I'm not worthy to be a part and I'm not worthy. I know people in this place that have the gift of healing flowing through your hands, but you are so beat up over your past that you do not allow God to use you in the miraculous. Last time I checked, it's not about us, it's about God, amen? And it's so easy for us to hide. But like that old saying goes, the days are long, but the years are short. And time goes by so rapidly. And the farther you are from being involved in the church, whatever that means to you, the harder it is to come back. Because then we think everyone has an opinion as to why you're coming back. And so it is so important for us to realize, what, what am I doing? Am I taking a break or am I hiding? And I worry a lot. I worry a lot about a lot of people, especially with our hyphen ministry and our young adults. They get so involved in the youth group, then all of a sudden they get out and they're like, well, I'm just going to take, take a break. Or I'm just, I'm just going to hide behind a camera. And I'm a, obviously we are okay with cameras. Amen? And we love our production team, but what I love is that a huge part of our production team, when they're not back there, they're singing up here. When they're not back there, they're out here. When they're not back there, they're in here. And that is what it is all about, being connected. And I worry sometimes about the next generation that feels, they feel so disconnected and they start asking all of these questions and they start being all confused, but they don't wanna ask these, ask them away. If you are hurting, if you are second-guessing your faith, pastor will welcome you in his office or welcome you with a hamburger. I will do the same. Other department head leaders will do the same. A lot of parents in here will do the same. Let's have a conversation. This is why I believe what I believe in. This is why I live for righteousness and holiness. Ask away. Don't go into hiding, because when we get into hiding, we fall into the depths of despair. And when we hide, other forces of evil begin to sow seeds. For 2 Timothy 4, 3, and forces for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Don't be turned aside to fables and false doctrines and lies. What what goes on in here is real. It is powerful, Psalm 119, 144, your righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and your law is truth. I would be dead today if it was not for the church. I would have overdosed on drugs, I would be in prison, or I would have taken my own life. Those were the three doors that were provided to me before God came in and took a hold of my life. If you are second guessing things, if you're feeling hurt, if you're whatever's distracting you, talk to us. Let's have a discussion, let's pray about it, and let's move forward together. Because I do know this from the testimony in me, this faith, this this religion, this doctrine, whatever you call it, it has brought me hope. It changed my faulty thoughts and beliefs. It gave me a fresh understanding of who God was. It helps me show God's compassion to others, and it teaches me, most importantly, what it's like to live righteously. How much greater is the command? love your wife the way Christ loves the church, I get up every morning and I try that. I have the best wife in the world. There, that's how you fix your marriage. Easier said than done, obviously. But there's so much good in the Word of God, and there's so much good in our doctrine. And sometimes we go, "Well," and it's not even, "What do you mean by the oneness of God?" But what, what are you, what are you talking about hair and what are you talking about apparel and gender distinction? Let's sit down and have the conversation. This isn't the old days. We will sit down and discuss what I love about the pastoral staff and the staff of this church is they are very educated and they are very full of compassion and love and they have a willingness to sit down and have conversations that you may having, that you may want to have. So stop hiding. Some years ago, Dr. Kenneth Hill, a psychologist at, and I'm coming to a close with the musicians, could come. Dr. Kenneth Hill, a psychologist at St. Mary's University in Halifax, Canada, who dedicated his career to studying how lost people behave, reviewed more than 800 search and rescue reports from his home in the province of Nova Scotia, which is 80% forest and is known as the lost person capital of North America. Anyone ever been to Nova Scotia? Picture a really big forest. That's Nova Scotia. There have been stories of people going out in their backyard and wandering too far with their dog and getting lost for days. He found, out of his 800 cases, he found only two out of the 800 plus in which the lost person had stayed put. An 80-year-old woman out picking apples who had no energy and sat down and didn't move and an 11-year-old boy who had taken a a hug-a-tree survival course at school. As the name implies, it teaches kids to stay where they are. So what ends up happening is when people get lost, people will go into hiding, and then they get lost. They keep going, and they keep searching. Then they can't tell the forest from the trees. What they used to believe doesn't make any sense anymore. What they thought was real was now fake. And I, I, I'm just I'm asking someone in the Holy Ghost, someone who has been hiding for some time. Maybe it's one, 2, 50, I don't know. But some of you, you know who you are. You've been hiding, and now you feel yourself being lost. And even some of you who are lost, stop what you're doing right now. Stop and stay put. Don't go moving any further. Fo- Stop where you are and talk to your pastor. Stop where you are and talk to your mom and dad. Stop where you are and talk to someone in the church who you believe, who you trust, that can minister to you. See, lost people keep wandering, and they go deeper into hiding. Stop hiding. Stop hiding from God's call on your life. There's some individuals that feel called to preach his word, that feel called to do Bible studies, feel called to to be soul winners, but you're so overwhelmed by your past, you're so overwhelmed by certain things in your life, you're hiding from God's perfect will. God's peace, love, and joy is right here and you're searching for something that does not exist. Stop hiding to the guilt and shame of your past. You made a mistake. Go and sin no more. Stop hiding because you feel like you have no value. Stop hiding because you keep comparing yourself. When one hides too long, they become lost. Don't be lost. I'll close with this. At the close of of World War II, there's an amazing story about a Japanese soldier by the name of Hiro Nada who lost his platoon and went into hiding in the Philippine jungle. For 29 years after World War II was over, he hid, he got lost, and then hid again in that jungle because he thought the war was still going. For almost three decades, if he could have just stayed where he was, someone would have found him. But he kept going, he kept hiding. And all that time that was waste with his family, all that time that he could have had, that he could never get back. And finally, three decades later, they had to coerce him. To come out and to be able to live his life I want to tell someone here today the war is over stop waging war with your thoughts and your mind you don't have to hide anymore if we can all stand God loves you so much God cares for you you are value you are worthy you are wheat you are something special you are called you are chosen you are loved we care for you and I would say this maybe it's on the church perhaps that that coin was lost because it was badly handled perhaps the coins lost condition was due to carelessness maybe Maybe it's time for the church to start shining their light. And maybe it's time to pick up a a broom of righteousness and a light of holiness. And why don't we go out and let's start searching for our children. Let's start searching for our loved ones. Baby girls, you girls are the most special thing on the planet. We love you so much, especially that one in the middle. I won't name her name. I don't want to embarrass her. No matter what you do, no matter what you mistake you make, this church loves you. And we're gonna fight for you, and we're gonna care for you. Young people, you're gonna make mistakes. Many of you already made mistakes. Some of you are even sitting in mistakes. Doesn't matter, sin no more. This church loves you. We care for you, whether you're in the front row, or whether in the back, I want you to know that the old ways of the church, I said this a few weeks ago and I know pastor will back me up. It's not the church's job to send people to hell. It's our job to find what was lost. It's our job to love what has fallen. It's our job to care for the hopelessness and bring hope to those who are dying. So whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through, I want you to know that this is a place where your past is not judged, where your present is not judged, where we care about you right now and your future. So I want to open these altars. I understand if this message isn't for everyone, but maybe you've been lost for a while. Maybe you've been hiding due to circumstances that have been out of your control for quite some time. I want to encourage someone in this place, come home. I want to tell a prophet. I want to tell someone, stop searching. Yes, in the name of Jesus.